You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. It's a nice morning. It's good to be here. Uh, it's been a while, but I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm usually over there in the kids' crew and uh, trying to keep uh, lawsuits from happening, so it's, it's good. No. Um, we're continuing on with this theme of uh, new creations in Christ. And, uh, and last week, Dave spoke about the resurrection and walking in the resurrection. did a great job. Today, I'm talking about dying to self. We probably should have switched our, our, our sequences, but, but uh, I'm talking about this a theme of kind of laying down our rights and, and dealing with the issue of offense. Let me pray for us. As a, it's kind of a big topic. I know it can be a, a challenging one. So let's, let's pray and, uh, and focus on the Lord here. Father, we just love you. We need you right now, God. The vision I saw during worship was, was a large banner, and the banner said love. And I believe that the Lord's just saying his banner over us is love. Even as we talk about a sensitive issue like being offended and unforgiveness, Father, would you just, again, affirm in us, Lord, that the banner you have over us is love. That even out of love, you bring us and woo us to healing and forgiveness and freedom. So, Lord, I pray you pour out freedom right now, Holy Spirit, in this place. Amen. All right. So, a few months ago... Um, Back in January, I think it was, I was going to go fishing. I had this little John boat I used to go fishing once in a while. I hadn't gone fishing in about six months or so. And, um, and I, th- I thought I'd go fishing, so I pulled my boat out um, behind my house. And when I got it to the street, I pulled it onto the street, and I realized both tires were flat. And I was on the street, so basically it was like metal, you know, metal rims on the street. So I had to leave it there, parked on the street. And I went inside to look at some prices for new tires or whatever, and a couple hours went by. And my neighbor behind me has a business, a, a large building, and he walked over to our, my house. I never, never talked to him before. His name was Carlos. He came over, and he was, um, he's kind of notorious as being kind of a gruff, tough guy, and he came over, knocked on the door, and he said, uh, you're parked illegally. Your John boat is uh, blocking my, uh, my sign. Now, people park, people park there all the time on that road. It's just, it's, it's very common. Everyone parks, there's not enough parking on my street, so... I said, uh, Carlos, I'm Brian. Good to meet you. I started, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to, this is a good chance. This is a good chance. Right? He's, t- he's mad. I'm going to like bring Jesus into this thing. I'm going like, to humble myself. I'm just going to go low and just love this guy. So that didn't happen. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. <clears throat> so he says, uh, you know, move your boat, please. It's blocking my sign. My boat's like, it's like this tall. His sign's like up here, but that's okay. I said, I said, uh, well, what happened today, Carlos, is I was going to go fishing, and I was going to bring my son. We were going to go fishing, and uh, the boat has two flat tires. So I, I'm going to go buy some tires later today or tomorrow, and I'll, I'll move the boat. I'm not parked illegally. And he began getting more and more uh, vocal, and he started swearing, actually. He said, move, you know, whatever, whatever, that piece of junk, something else, something else, boat. It's a little, you know, it's this little John boat, it was, and, he's, and he's like, it's an eyesore. I'll move it myself. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll pick it up with some friends. It's just, it's in the way. And so this went on. I said, please stop swearing. My door's open here. I've got two kids behind me. I'm a little boy. I don't appreciate the, the language. He kept swearing. So I closed the door, and I walked down to where he was. And I said, let's walk over to my boat, man. So I walk over to the boat with him. I said, look at the tires. I can't move this thing. I'll, I'll drag it across the concrete. And so I said, if you just give me a few hours, I'm going to move it. And he kept going. And at one point, so it gets very escalated. Two other neighbors had walked out of their houses by now. So, or out of the, their areas. So they'd walked out, and so it's getting louder. And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not getting a fight here. I'm a, I'm a minister at a church. I mean, now this is unbelievable. 
But, but all the humility in me had gone, and something else had taken over. It was like this thing in me where like, I wanted to be right, and I wanted, I wanted justice or something. And so at one point, he says, you're such a terrible neighbor, something like this. He says, you're such a terrible neighbor, and if someone were breaking in your house to kill your family, I wouldn't call the police. And he said that. And so I step into his personal space, and I said... Something to the effect, probably, probably I don't remember, because you know, in those moments, you don't remember exactly what happened, but I said something like, I don't care what you do, but you're not going to talk to me like that. And so it literally, literally, there it is, right there, folks. I mean, that's the moment. Like, I'm, 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 I'm like thinking, I'm going to get in a fight. And, and then the two neighbors are like, hey, 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 let's, let's break it up. And so he goes back inside the house, and I, had a, I calm down. My Shannon comes like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just praying for this guy. And... Um, <laughs> So I'm like, like this, is, this is getting out of control. So we, we actually, the three of us, the th- other neighbors, picked up the boat, all, took it off the trailer, picked up the trailer, moved the trailer back in my yard, picked the boat up, and moved it back in the thing just to appease Carlos. And he was back inside the whole time. And so that's what happened. But, but really, the point of sharing this story, as, as embarrassing as it is, it's like there was something coming you know, up in me that was clearly always there. I mean, it's not like it's just came out of nowhere. Like, it was there, this issue of offense. And I began to pray about it because it took, it took several days to really to deal with it. I, I was just angry for, for several days. So, so much I wanted either, I wanted justice, I wanted to prove him wrong, I wanted revenge, I wanted, I wanted my way. You know, I wanted to realize, you're asking something ridiculous, I can't move a boat with flat tires, can you give me a few hours? And I wanted him to understand that. So this offense was welling up inside of me. And I believe the Lord showed me that because I think he wanted not just to set me free from it, but he wants us to deal with this as well in our own lives because it's such a huge issue. This theme of dying to self, this theme of, of being new creations, this is part of it. Like This is such a central issue is how we as Christians not just treat other people, but how we deal with our rights. I mean, I had the right to be angry, I guess. I had the right to fight for what I wanted. I was, I was not in the wrong. But Jesus calls us to lay down our rights. Jesus laid down every right. He had every right not to die. He was guiltless. He was sinless. He was perfect. He laid down the right to stay alive, to get revenge, to get justice over his perpetrators who embarrassed him, who tortured him, and killed him. And he laid down the rights he, 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 he had for us. So he calls us, even before he, before he had died, he said this to his disciples, Matthew 16, 24. We've all read this. If you want to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The denial of self, the denial of our rights to get justice, to get revenge, to whatever it may be. And he says, deny yourself and take up your cross. The cross was an instrument of death. The cross was an instrument of, of torture. And he's saying, another, another, another version says daily. So there's a sense that we're taking up this instrument of death to, to become like him, to surrender our own desires for his, to lay down our own rights so that we could humble ourselves and be agents of forgiveness and agents of reconciliation. And... Paul says this again in Galatians 2.20, the same idea. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
I've been crucified with Christ. I've been killed with him. I've been slain with him. So my desires, my feelings, my expectations, my will, my rights, I lay them down. And now, through me, Christ can live. If you want to be first, you must be last. If you want to serve, you need to be the servant of all. If you want to be served, you must serve. If you want to love, be loved, you must love. The upside-down kingdom idea. And so... Jesus, Jesus has a hard teaching. It's a very hard teaching, isn't it? Because, because there really, there's really serious offenses that happen in life. We are hurt. It, it's not just the neighbor getting mad or, or, or someone making a Facebook comment. It's abuse. It's sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse that, we occurred, that occurred when we, were, when we were younger. And Jesus says, you can't hold on to that. That will... That will defile you the longer you hold that unforgiveness that that will pollute your soul he doesn't change the standard unfortunately for the level of offense he doesn't change the 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 uh, expectation he says in matthew 6 15 if you don't forgive others that sin against you your father will not forgive your own sins that messes with our theology because that doesn't make that doesn't seem possible sometimes right? There's such brokenness or such woundedness that we experience against us. He doesn't make a classification. He doesn't say, unless it was this bad. He says, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Because, because a forgiven heart becomes a forgiving heart. And offense, what offense does is it classifies sins. It says, that guy's sin is so bad. It's, it deserves this, but mine's not that bad. It classifies and has a hierarchy of sins. So I have a right to be offended at Carlos for doing what he did. My own heart is so wicked, I don't, I'm not offended at myself. Because it, it ranks sin and it puts, it puts me on the pedestal. The root of offense is pride. It really is. It's just a, it's just a prideful heart. My heart was full of pride. I could not, I could not just let it go. Because pride defends, pride justifies, pride attacks. Humility forgives. Humility seeks peace. So there are offenses that are so serious that it takes more than just a choice. It takes, you know, work and counseling perhaps. There's real offenses. There's, there's also those offenses that are kind of, they're, mis, they're misconceptions, right? They're not, really, they're not really real. You know, your friend doesn't call you back for five days because their phone broke or got stolen, but you're, you get ticked off at him because he didn't call you back or, or text you back. That's, that's, a, that's, that's an offense that's not there, but it's still, it's still we, we feel that, that frustration or that anger. So there's, there's real offenses that are true, and there are offenses that are just, are just kind of, um, I guess, misperceptions. But there are also offenses that God allows in our lives. They're not, they're not necessarily, I would say they're, Maybe, maybe they are caused by him, but he allows them. He doesn't stop them, correct? He allows them to come into our lives. And if you look at Jesus' ministry, he offended people many, many times. I don't know if it was on purpose necessarily, but just his teaching by itself, his teaching was, by nature, in some respects, offensive. He called the Pharisees vipers, called them whitewashed tombs. That was kind of offensive. I don't think that was, that was intentional. I don't think that was, like a, that was like anything but intentional. But he... he, he he chose to offend the mind to expose the heart. He chose to, to reveal what was going on in someone's mind so that he would, they would see what's in their own heart. So God allows offense 
to do that. So, for example, in, in, uh, in John 6, verse 60 and 61, Jesus had just taught this very difficult teaching about the body and blood and this, this, this difficult teaching. And he says, therefore, many of his disciples, these were disciples, not just like people in the crowds, these were disciples following him, giving up everything. Many of his disciples, not the 12, but the other ones that were there, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained, he said, does this offend you? Skipping down a few verses, he says, from that time on, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. They, they were so offended. Offense severs relationships. Offense, uh, it, it breaks communion with God. And then his family and friends, his friends back home in his hometown in Matthew 16, 55, they're like, Jesus is doing miracles, he's teaching, and they, they say this, is this not the carpenter's son? His mother's Mary and his brother is James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters are all with us. Where did, he get all this, where did this man get all these things from? And they were offended at him. So God allows offense sometimes to expose what's going on in our own hearts, to expose pride or anger or arrogance or fear or a wound. So in light of that, I, I feel like the, what the Lord put on my heart for this body is that the Lord is, I don't know how to say this, but I feel like the Lord is doing amazing things in RCC right now. Like I feel like we're on the, the cusp or the, the season of real growth and real transition. Uh, Robin Morrison was here a few days ago. If you guys were there, he was amazing. On Thursday night, there was over 100 people here. And he said, he's a, he was a, he's a prophet, and he said, this church is in a, in a mode of transition, and God is about to do something special in this church, and God is doing something. And I feel like that's completely true. I feel like that kind of affirmed what I was going to say in the sense that, that God wants to bring a new season of fruitfulness, a new season of maturity, a new season of power, a new season of freedom. And I'm not trying to hype something up, but I really believe the Lord has called a lot of new families here in the last year, a lot of new people, gifted people, leaders. And the Lord wants to, in a sense, clean the slate and bring about a new season. I had this vision while we were worshiping of... of a slate, a food slate, like a cutting board, being, being washed away. There was all this rotten food on it, as if the person kept cooking, but never, never cleaning the slate. Over and over again, the person kept cleaning this, kept cooking with food that he chopped up, and then it was left over, and then he put more food on there. So there was rotten food, and the Lord's just washing it away, as if he's saying, I want to clean the slate, and part of that cleaning is unforgiveness and offense in our body. Like the Lord wants people to walk in freedom from this, and we're a church that's pretty diverse. We've got people from all over the city. We're not a neighborhood church. We're not just like sitting in one neighborhood so there's just one group of people. We're people from all over the city, different cultural backgrounds, financial backgrounds, um, or, or different political backgrounds, theological backgrounds. And, and basically, it could be, for some people, easy to be turned off or even offended because of someone else's politics or someone else's theology or someone else's whatever, whatever, the car they drive, the clothes they wear, whatever it may be. And... That's a challenge, isn't it? Like, we can hold a fence from somebody on the other side of town because of something that seems so, so insignificant, but, we, but we, we feel those things. And the Lord wants to clean the slate, I believe, this morning, that we would just, we just would walk in forgiveness. I, um, I feel like one specific area, this is, this is harder, to, harder to say because it, it highlights something, but we believe in freedom here, right? We, we value freedom in worship, especially. We want worship to be 
um, completely unrestrained, that we could, we could express love for, the God, for our Father and express affection, whether it be through raising our hands or, or singing or being quiet or, or dancing. And that may be hard for some people, right? That may be hard. When I went to a vineyard church 20 years ago, I remember walking in. I went there to basically criticize them for being ridiculous. That's why I went. I went there because I heard these things were happening in this church, and it was, it was back in the mid-90s and all the healings and crazy stuff happening, and, and I, I really went there to, to disprove what they were doing. I went there to get, you know, to get their theology right. So I went there as a little 20-year-old college student, and I was like, I was so offended at first. I thought, what are they doing? These guys are dancing. These guys waving a flag over here. This guy's singing in tongues, whatever that is. And I was so offended, but yet in my heart there was something happening. There was something real about that, peop- that, that group of people. Like they were pursuing the Lord. They loved me, and they knew I, I wasn't happy to be there, but I was there because I was so broken on the inside. I, I, I was so tired of religion. I was so tired of the same old, same old, of people with their hands in their pockets, mouthing words to the God who'd set them free from hell, and it had no effect on them. It had, no, it had no impact on them. They sat in church week after week before the living God who, who changed their lives, who set them free from sin, who saved them from hell and calls them sons and daughters. And they sat there with their hands in their pockets like, like he was a buddy. And then two hours later, they're at a football game at a Jaguar game screaming their heads off over a freaking ball being kicked or passed. It meant Nothing. I mean, it's great. I love football. But what does it mean? What is a ball being kicked? How is it going to affect your marriage or your, or your relationship with the Lord or your finances unless you're a betting man? I mean, how, are you, how is football going to change anything? But yet these men that, that, that would sat with, with me in church and were dead as a doornail. Two hours later, we're worshipers. The Lord wants to give us affection and remove offense, remove judgment from us. Because God will put that person in front of you who's dancing. And you go, oh my gosh, here we go again. I can't focus, I can't focus on the Lord because, you know, Max got that flag over there or something in the back. I can't. Where's Max? No, but I'm serious. I'm serious. The Lord wants to, to, bring, to bring a new season of just freedom. Not just in worship, but in our own lives. He just wants to clean the slate. He just wants to clean the slate. And some of us are even offended with God. Some of us may have offense with God. You know, God, God has not met our expectations. And this is a real thing, you know. I, I can see how some people during worship are not in, entering in because there's offense sometimes because God didn't do what we hoped he would do. I hoped God, I hoped God he would heal my son. You know, I, I mentioned this four months ago. My son's eyes are crossing, and he, he hasn't healed him. You know, he hasn't healed him. And, that, and that, that's, that, for me, is hard because I'm like, we believe in healing. Why, why haven't you healed him? He's scheduled for surgery a week from tomorrow. But that day I spoke on it, a doctor came up to me in our church, and he said, I'm an eye doctor, and I can tell you an amazing surgeon at the beach, and that's the one we're going to go with. I can say that, that, that was the Lord setting this whole thing up. But yet, I could look at it through a fence and say, you didn't heal him, Lord. I don't have the right for anything. I don't have the right to anything. I, don't, I really don't. I can't shake my fist at God and say, God, you owe me. He doesn't. He doesn't owe me anything. He's given me everything. He's given us an innocent son of his that died on a cross and was tortured 
What more could he give? He gives us his Holy Spirit to give us joy, the fruit of the Spirit. He gives us life and freedom. He calls us sons and daughters. And we want more. I mean, yes, we have access to it all. We do have access to all the joy, all the power, all of it. But I don't have a right to it. It's not my right. I can't shake my fist and go, God, you owe me something because of what I've done. So God wants to move in our, in our midst, I think, in this area. So three, three days later, I'm going to finish the story with Carlos here. Three days later, I, um, I felt like I was finally calmed down enough um, to, uh, to go back over there. And I said, I'm going to go back over there. I don't care what he says. I'm just going to go ask for forgiveness. And um, I, got my, I got my thoughts together. And I, I went over there and I saw him behind his little gate. And I said, Carlos, I wanted to say uh, a few things. You know, I'm really... I'm really sorry. I know, uh, you know, offense often tries to justify. We say, I'm really sorry I was in a bad mood that day. I was really sorry. I'm really sorry you just, you touched a nerve that, you know, you shouldn't have touched. You know, it always justifies the offense. So I just said, I'm, I'm going to go over there. I'm not going to give any justification for it. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm a, I was a jerk. That's it. And so I said, so I'm sorry, Carlos. Would you forgive me? I'm sorry the way I acted. I should have listened to you. I could see this was really a serious thing for you, for me to move my boat. So I'm sorry. And he just paused for a few minutes, or for a few seconds, and he, he just waited. He said, you know, I, I, I really am sorry too, Brian. I, I, I have a problem with anger. I have a real problem with anger, and I have high blood pressure, and the doctor keeps telling me I'm gonna, it's going to kill me. And he talk, told me about all these problems he has physically and, and, and his health. And, um, and it just led to a, a, an amazing conversation. And then he went inside the business, that he, his building, and he, and he, he comes out with a a table and chairs for my son, Jonah. And he had this table and chairs, a little cartoon, you know, from the movie, movie Cars. He goes and brings it out. And he goes, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I wanted to give this to your son. I just didn't know how to talk to you. And I was just like, wow, that's... Like, that's what it's about. Like, we could have had that... I mean, it, it could have gone the way so many of those neighbor things go, that one neighbor that you want to, you want to get back. And it could have gone on for years, me and Carlos. How can I snub him? How can I, how can I set it up to where I, I'm right, make him look like an idiot? But the Lord just wanted to be, me to be an agent of reconciliation. He just wanted me to go low and humble myself and just say, I'm sorry, Carlos. And it led to that. So all of us have this. There are, there are people in all of our lives, whether it be in the past or, or currently, that we've, we've been wronged by. It's just true. and We've been offended by uh, if we have Romans 12, that'd be great if, if that reverses up there. It says, Romans 12, 17, do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It's written, it's mine to avenge, I'll repay, says the Lord. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, live at peace. And that's all I did. I just chose to go low after I made that mistake with Carlos. I just said, I'm just going to go low. I'm not trying to, try to sound holier than thou. I was, I was a complete jerk, and I almost killed him. But the, fir- the first go around. But the point is, that's, that's the objective, is to be agents of reconciliation, to be, to be reflections of Jesus. So maybe there's a fence in our midst right now with people in our church. Maybe there's a fence with someone in your life from your past. Maybe there's a, it's a parent. Maybe it's an ex ex spouse or ex-boyfriend or who knows. But I just encourage us as we pray, as we go into prayer, that we would 
Just ask the Lord, is there an area that's blocking your love, blocking your freedom in my life because of offense? Is it, because that's what it does. It blocks the Lord. It does. Unforgiveness blocks his forgiveness. Unforgiveness blocks his, uh, his grace from flowing in our lives. It's like we put these bricks up. We put these bricks up. I saw this picture one time of a relative of mine who was very bitter, and she was putting bricks up, like protecting herself. I'll never talk to him again. And she cut everybody off in, her, in the whole family, and she was putting these bricks up, and it was to protect her, but really it just made her a prisoner. That's what offense does. It just makes you isolated, and it makes you a prisoner. Even though you think you're justified and you're right, it just makes you alone. It makes you alone. So let's stand, and let's just be quiet for... Um, a few seconds, and then we're going to go into prayer ministry.